Evil knows how to lure unwary victims. Show the bait, but hide the hook. In other words, stir up desire, but suppress the danger. The young man in this story knew about the danger that lurked on shadowy trails, yet he left the lighted way to explore the darkness. Why would he do that? Let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Put your hands in the air. <laughs> yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, bringing to you the true story of a man who was drawn to the darkness, even though he knew better than to dabble with danger. Well, he did more than dabble. He embraced it. Would he survive the risk? We'll get into that and more on today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The true story of Percy Edmonds. <laughs> Just pull the trigger. I think no, I'm just going to kill you. Please don't shoot. You took all the money I have. Listen to him. Come on now. Beg me not to shoot you. Don't shoot me, please. I don't want to die. <laughs> you can do better than that. Beg for your life. Now, come on, beg. Don't kill me. Please, don't kill me. What took you so long, PJ? Mama been asking for you. You been crying? Some idiots robbed me. Who? Gangbangers. They stuck a gun in my chest and forced me into someone's backyard. You ain't got no money. They just want to act tough. They get a rush out of scaring people half to death. And I'm sick of it. All right now, PJ. If you come here and live with us, you sure you can get to school on time? I got it all worked out, Grandma. I catch a train and then a bus that drops me off right in front of the school. I don't see why you want to go all the way back there. Well, my friends are there, Grandma. I just want to live with you and get out of our neighborhood. Well, that makes sense. So, I can come here and live this year? <laughs> yes, but I've written some guidelines. Number one, you're to stay in school. Number two... Stay off drugs and away from gangs. Number three, you help your granddad for half a day on Saturday. I don't have a problem with any of it. Fine. Let's go and buy you some new school clothes. He grew up in a middle-class neighborhood in a western suburb of Chicago, and he lacked nothing socially. His family went to church, and he sang in the choir. He had a family that loved him, including grandparents and a younger sister. Yet Percy Edmonds thought something was missing. He was deceived, and this is the true testimony of how he was unshackled. I never really knew my father, who died after spending five years in prison for robbery. I was named after him, so my family called me PJ. I was six when my father died of a heart attack. 
a cocaine overdose. My stepfather was like a real father to me. He taught me to play sports, took me to games, and even sent us to a Christian school when I was in sixth grade. At age 10, my family joined the church and everything changed. However, I was drawn to worldly friends and filled my mind with gangster rap music, gangster movies, and finally smoking marijuana. After my freshman year of high school, I had an identity crisis and felt that happiness could only be attained if I was a gang member. A great influence was my cousin who had moved to the city. Hey, guys, what's up? I'm a pit bull. Hey, man, don't hit me in my chest. Why you do me like that? You're too soft, PJ. I'm a gorilla. Stop punching me, man. I'm not taking this from you no more. Now you're talking, man. Learn to be tough. Fight back. You gotta be down if you're gonna survive on the street. Hate being bullied. Then start lifting weights like me. See, I'm a pit bull, baby. I don't take nothing from nobody. Sporting a few tattoos and French braids, he had moved to the south side of Chicago and joined a gang. And when he came by wearing designer clothes in his nice car with a sound system and pretty girls, I pictured myself with the stuff he had. Plus the support of 50 guys who would be my friends. He always had plenty of drugs. You gonna like this stuff, PJ. I already do. <laughs> When'd you start smoking weed anyway? A couple of months ago, with guys from the choir. The choir? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you still working at your dad's company? Nah, they fired me. Found out you were lazy, huh? <laughs> you guessed it. Life's made for partying. Hey, cuz, I'm thinking about joining a gang. What for? I see how they live. They got everything, and all the girls. It ain't a free ride, PJ. They expect you to do things, and you a church boy. Not anymore, cuz. Not anymore. I hung out with a Chicago street gang, smoking pot, ditching school, and showing off for the girls. I thought those city boys were the coolest people on earth. They let me ride around with them one night, listening to rap music while they delivered drugs. Then the leader took me aside, had me face east and recite some demonic prayers. They changed my name to PFO as they chanted things I didn't understand. I opened myself to a whole new world of evil. Evil that I tried to hide from my grandmother. PJ? Huh? Don't you try to hide from me, boy. I bought you that hooded coat, remember? Hey, Grandma. I was just on my way home. <laughs> I'll bet you were. I'll just be walking right alongside you. What you doing out here on the street corner? Just waiting on a friend. <laughs> There's nothing but trouble out here. Gangs and trouble. Your daddy had to learn that the hard way, and so did your uncles. Think about all the guys that have been killed out here on the street. Most of them never seen 20. Your daddy died a month before he was 25. Why are you heading down that road, PJ? I'm telling you, Grandma. I was just waiting on friends. <laughs> <laughs> 
some friends. One day we skipped school to smoke pot in the garage of one of the girls. We sat there in the dark, stoned out of our minds, when a sudden flashlight pierced the darkness, blinding us. It was the police. Being arrested got me kicked out of school, but didn't slow me down. Mother bailed me out, and before long, I tried selling drugs on a Chicago street corner. Mine was the most dangerous job with the greatest risk. We were called lunatics. I hid the drugs in some dirt around the corner, retrieving them as needed. I sold from three in the afternoon until midnight and had more money than I had ever seen. When I came around the corner with the last pack, a cop stood there pointing a gun at me. If you run, I'll shoot you! Grandma, it's me. Can you come get me? In the middle of the night? Where are you, PJ? In jail. What for? Selling drugs. You remember the contract we made? You agreed to stay away from drugs. You didn't keep the agreement, so I'm not coming. Grandma, if you don't come get me, they'll send me to the juvenile jail. Well, I'll see you. After a few days in juvenile jail, my mother came and got me. Was I glad to see her. The charge was possession with intent to deliver of a controlled substance within a thousand feet of a school or church. A big felony. I was scared to death. I asked people what to expect if I went to prison. I don't know, Pifo. I ain't never been downstate. TJ been in the joint. Ask him. I did. He said you gotta be tough to survive. <laughs> it's tired working out then. You think it's a done deal? It's my first offense. Yeah, I know, but... One guy beat a case like mine, he thinks I'll be fine. Yeah, but a class X felony? Man. I know it's serious, but it was my first time selling. I didn't even get to spend the money I made. Use one unlucky guy, Pifo. One unlucky guy. As I waited for my court date, nightmares about prison plagued me. I began doing petty crimes, stupid stuff. I stole beer off trucks. Using a BB gun, I tried to stick up a man at a gas station. When I tried to steal a wave cap from a beauty supply store, two men locked me up until the police came. They locked me up in juvenile jail to wait for my court date. My grandmother came to visit. Your move, PJ. You have me cornered, Grandma. Just like the law. There's always a way out. Not this time. I made some stupid moves. You have a good mind, PJ. You'll get through this? Think so? Just in case I'm practicing my frown. <laughs> Don't do that in court. <laughs> it's for prison. You're only 16. And it's your first offense. Guys say the court system is just waiting for me to turn 17 so they can try me as an adult. I hope not. I have to spend Christmas in here, Grandma, and New Year's, and then my birthday in February. We all have to live with the choices we make, PJ. I can't argue with that. But I don't look forward to Cook County Jail. You have to go there? It's an automatic transfer when I turn 17. 
At Cook County Jail, I survived in a cell block with 50 guys aged 17 to 21 or more. They called it the battle dorm. Talk about violence. The first night, they yelled, beat on doors, and rapped. Inmates made us memorize prayers and made us pray them whenever they asked. I was there three months before going to court. My public defender was inept. Many people came as character witnesses. The words of my grandma and how she loved me was like knives in my chest. The judge was a black woman, so I thought I had a chance. Young man, the court is aware that once you were a good student, but the evidence against you is overwhelming. The police observed you selling drugs to numerous people for nine hours, and they caught you with pockets full of money and drugs. If it walks like a duck, sounds like a duck, and looks like a duck, it's a duck. And in this case, you are the duck, Mr. Edmonds. The court finds you guilty. I sentence you to six years in prison. Oh, PJ. <laughs> Don't cry, Grandma. I'll be fine. Folks, we'll get back to Percy's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. Dot org and then click the donate button or you can always write a check unshackled we take checks you mail that check to 1458 south canal street chicago illinois 60607 we thank you for your partnership in our ministry and now back to the true story of percy edmonds i cried too when i left the courtroom my first prison experience was intake at Joliet Correctional Center, a month locked in a cell, let out once a week for showers and medical checks. Then they sent me to Robinson Correctional Facility in Southern Illinois, a minimum security prison. Good food and privileges. I lifted weights, watched TV, and rapped with the guys. After a few months, they sent me to Paris Work Camp where I helped in the kitchen with a bad attitude. I talked with a guy from the hood about it. Pifo! Hey, bro, what's up? I hear you took on the juice. Somebody's gotta do it. <clears throat> Lose your gym privilege again? Worse. What you do, man? Sass the captain? Nah. One of the officers always on my tail. Careful, Pifo. They ship you someplace bad. You think this place is a country club? It ain't bad. Only a hundred guys here. Commissary's got goods if you got money. There's worse out there. I'm about to find out. Where you going? Danville. Danville, a medium security prison, boasted big gates, 
barbed wire and guard towers. A big house for hard criminals. I perfected my frown to cover my fear and lifted weights. I also let my hair grow to make French braids. I listened to rap music for hours and mimicked one group, barking like a dog around others. I had lost my real identity. After two and a half years behind bars, they released me on June 3rd, 2002. My aunt picked me up at the train station with my mother and sister, and we drove home where lots of food was waiting. So, how was it in there, PJ? Why you wanna know? Just asking, I think I'd be scared to death. You gotta be tough. Is it true the guards are mean? Yeah, they're mean. Really? Nobody laid a hand on me in prison. I made sure of that. Ooh, did you ever go to solitary confinement? Why are you asking me all these questions? You think I'm a punk or something? I'm just asking you, that's all. I had spent 10 days in the hole for spitting, but I didn't want to talk about it. Being in prison affects your mind, and mine was full of anger, fear, and hurt. I boarded a bus one day, sporting long braids with black and yellow beads, earrings, and a mean expression. A lady said, young man, did you just get out of jail? Within a week, I swaggered back to Chicago to show off my muscles. Soon, I hung out with old gang members, carried a gun and robbed people and was arrested again. That summer, I was arrested three times for drug charges or hanging out on corners. Stupid crimes. One day, I was on the phone with my mother and sister. As I was talking to mother, boasting about my exploits, my sister cut me off. What you mean you a man now? You ain't no man. Men pay bills. Men have jobs. Men have their own place, and you don't have any of that. You still a little boy. Her words stung, and I cursed her. But she was right. My 180-pound, six-foot frame disguised a little boy. Given house arrest, I lived with my aunt who talked to me about God, reminding me of the preachers I heard as a boy one who preached at a camp meeting that said God had a call on my life. My aunt's son read Proverbs to me, and I started watching a preacher on TV. One day, my aunt said, PJ, God has something for you, and the devil wants to destroy you. But I got tired of house arrest, broke the band off my leg, and fled to Chicago. Within a week, they caught me and locked me back in the Cook County Jail. I was so depressed and considered suicide every day. One of the inmates saw my despair and invited me to a chapel service where some of the songs made me cry. I had heard them as a boy. The preacher's sermon made me cry too. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Did you know that he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world? If nobody ever wanted you, God wants you. So much that he gave his only begotten son to die on an old rugged cross for your sins. Herein is love. Not that we love God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Why? So you could spend eternity in heaven with him. That's love. God chose you to be his child. What a heritage. What a privilege to be adopted into the family of God. Are you living like a child of God? Or are you living like the devil? Are you tired of messing up your life? Are you tired of hurting your family? Are you tired of going to jail? Are you tired yet? I was in prison, so I know how tired you get. But let me tell you, Jesus Christ will set you free. Come to the cross and find forgiveness. Come to the cross and find new life. I went down front and committed my life to Christ, repenting of my sins and asking him to give me a new life. Another preacher came the next week and I went down again just to make sure. This was September 2002 and my life has never been the same. I started reading the Bible, kneeling by my bunk to pray and holding Bible studies with inmates. Percy, does it bother you when guys call you preacher man? I kind of like it. It reminds me that I should always live so that God will be pleased. Not like the prophet Jonah, who ran away from what God wanted him to do. Maybe we should study that book. There's a lot of good lessons in Jonah. Obedience to God, no matter what he tells you to do. And there's a similarity to Christ. Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days, and Christ was in the grave the same period of time. Jesus arose from the dead, and God brought Jonah out of the belly of the fish. So the book of Jonah is about resurrection? Not really. It's about the mercy of God to his servants, even when they disobey him. And it's a demonstration of God's love for mankind, even for people in places that don't know him. You sure know a lot about the Bible. Not nearly enough. You go to church as a kid? Yeah. But I went for the wrong reasons. A girl? Partly. She dropped me like a hot potato when I was arrested for smoking pot. Is it wrong for Christians to smoke pot? Yes. In most places, it's illegal. What if it wasn't illegal? Still wouldn't. Jesus said, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Woo-wee! <laughs> you memorized that? I'm learning. You really love God, don't you? What gets me is the way he loves us. I don't think I can do what he wants. He gives the Christian his Holy Spirit, which empowers us to obey his word. Really? You can't fight the flesh or the devil on your own. Sin is too powerful. So, God sent his son to break sin's hold on us. See this? Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Read it. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Would you like to receive eternal life? What do I have to do? Jesus did it all. You just repent of your sins and accept God's gift. 
Read here. Romans, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. After a year in county jail, I went to court where they sentenced me to four years in prison. I got my GED, took some Bible courses, college courses, and earned certificates in auto mechanics and data processing. I also led Bible studies. Before getting work release, I spent several months in Statesville, the maximum security prison, a living nightmare. Finally, work release came to a center in Chicago. Grandma, it's me, PJ. Are you enjoying your house in Mississippi? Yes. The change has been good for me. Are you still on work release? Yes. Uh, that's why I called. I don't want to keep leaning on family, so I tried to go to a halfway house, but... But what? They want to send me to a rescue mission here in Chicago. A place called Pacific Garden Mission. I don't want to go there, Grandma. Why not? It's for homeless people. I was wondering if you would send me the money so I can come down to Mississippi. Of course I will, PJ. The parole boards wouldn't approve my transfer to Mississippi, so I went to Pacific Garden Mission in December 2004. Was I ever discouraged? Then I heard about the Bible program, talked with a counselor and signed up. But I struggled with legalism, doing things that would make me good enough for God. Finally, I talked with the chaplain. I heard you were fasting, Percy. Yes, sir. And I've also vowed never to eat meat. Why? God expects us to fast. Jesus didn't say, if ye fast. He said, when ye fast. What's the purpose of your fasting, Percy? To draw closer to God. Do you struggle with guilt? Feeling that you're not worthy of God's love and that you're not good enough for him? How did you know? I was a drug addict and also spent time in jail. I know the feeling it leaves behind. Nothing was as bad as the cell block at Statesville. I was devastated. It was like the living dead. Men without Christ are the living dead, Percy. I cleaned up at night and had to walk past all the cells. Guys spit at me, cursed me, and grabbed at my shirt. One guy told me, this is all I got but you have a second chance. Don't come back here. Pastor, he was like the man in hell that Jesus talked about in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus died for him. Yes, sir, I know. Percy, Jesus died for all of your sins, too. You can't add anything to what he did on the cross. I mean business with the Lord. I know you do, but his grace is sufficient just stick to the basics, Bible study and prayer. And go to church, witness to others, and give to the Lord's work. Pastor, I'd like to join the choir and go on deputation sometime. <laughs> that would be great, Percy. You'll be exposed to Christians from all walks of life, and they will encourage you. You could also go out with the Bread of Life ministry and share the gospel with the people who receive the food. One day, 
I want to go down into the subway with Pastor Phil and preach, too. Amen, my brother. Amen. The Lord knew what he was doing when he sent me to Pacific Garden Mission. I learned to be a servant, shadowing the pastors. I handed out food in the projects and gave tours to thousands of guests. Sometimes, I preached two or three times a week. After being on staff for a year and going to Bible college part-time, the college gave me a full-time work scholarship in 2007. I dedicated my life to serving Jesus Christ, helping others become unshackled. Listening friend, you can know the truth that sets you free when you repent of your sins and ask Jesus to come into your heart and life. God knows your heart, but you have to take the step of faith by praying to him for salvation. Let us know if you desire to receive the Lord and we'll send you some literature to help you in this crucial decision. The address, Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Or call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast, and don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the prize for this sweepstakes contest is another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is Psalm 34.1, which says, I will bless the Lord at all times. This is a gorgeous little thing, especially if you're looking for daily inspiration from Scripture. You will love this authentic wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or log and cut in such a way as to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. And this one's even got some <laughs> extra character, as it looks like a knot from the tree was sawn off with it. If you'd like a peek at this Scripture plaque, you're welcome to visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org and stop by the audio drama page for a picture. And next time... Don, did you ever hear the saying, give a man a fish and he'll be hungry the next day. Teach him how to fish and he'll never go hungry again. I think I caught something, Dad. <laughs> a boy, Don, real idiot. You're a chip off the old block. The man in our story had a stable home when tragedy struck. <laughs> Dad, oh no. My chest. After losing his father, a boy turned off his emotions and retreated into a life of hard work. Would you stop nagging me for one second, Jackie? I'm trying to study. That's all you ever do, Don. What about your family? Hey, work comes first, family second. But what's the use of working hard when it doesn't bring joy? Come on, enough talking. Let me study. 
Ah, oh, Lord, if you're real, you've got to do something. See what happens as we bring you the classic true story of Don Coble, soon on Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Percy Edmonds were Michael Torrey, Sarah Lynn Crittenden, Shaz Campbell, Michael Martin, Sam Sanders, and Demetrius Troy. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant, Martin Robinson. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Script, Kenetha Gabler. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. 